Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Welcome to drboycetv.com, the home for intelligent black people. I just want to say hi today, and I wanted to um, talk to you guys about some stuff. I am working on a new book. Um, I don't know if I told you guys. I'm working on a new book right now, and the project is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. And in the context of this book, um, I decided I wanted to put together kind of a comprehensive framework uh, to help you understand what power looks like, um, how economic power is structured, how all this works. Uh, this has come from me understanding uh, the world uh, in terms of how white folks think and what they're doing, uh, to what Asians are doing, to what um, Indians are doing, to what Arabs are doing, to what everybody else is doing. Now, um, let me know. Give me a yes <clears throat> if you can hear me. Somebody just said there's no sound. I hope you guys can hear me okay. Uh, put a yes in the chat if you can hear me okay. Uh, just say, or just say, Doc, I can hear you, uh, et cetera. Where can you buy it? Um, it is not on sale yet. I'm going to release it in March of 2022. Uh, and so, uh, but also, but if you do go to boycewalkins.com, you can actually find things like the Black Wealth Calendar. If you'd like to have a calendar to put um, on your refrigerator for your kids uh, to learn Black Wealth principles, uh, the calendar isn't just a, a calendar. It also has uh, a principle for every month that you can incorporate into your family long-term wealth building strategy. So I want to say hello to everybody, Christopher uh, 10X and Donald Banks and Harlem Boy and Harlem World Boy, excuse me, Rent, Rent Meester, Rent Meester Era and Michael Marshall. Good to see you. All right. So here's what uh, I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, you know what? Uh, I, I, I hear a lot of talk about equality, a lot of talk about equality. You saw a guy named Joe Madison, who's a radio show host who is on a hunger strike. Give me a yes or no if you heard about Joe Madison and his hunger strike. Uh, it, it's it's pretty interesting. It's interesting. I'm not going to say it's hilarious. Uh, some of y'all might think it's hilarious. Uh, I'm not going to say that it's revolutionary. Some of y'all might think it's revolutionary. Um, I just know that it's getting attention. It's very interesting. He takes pictures of himself with his shirt off. And uh, he's the poor guy. He's, he's got the wrinkles and the the the, the man titties and there, you know, but he's got it all. He's shown it all to, to show that he's on this hunger strike. And it's interesting because he's in this hunger strike uh, for voting rights. Right. Uh, it's because uh, he believes and I don't blame him for this. I totally get it. Um, he believes that uh, getting more voting rights for black people is the solution. That that's the thing. That's the thing that's going to get us where we want to get to. That's the thing that's going to get us over the hump. Um, I don't see eye to eye with Joe Madison. Uh, I don't see eye to eye with him. Uh, largely because um, I don't believe voting rights is going to be the thing, right? Uh, the reason I don't believe it's going to be the thing is because we've had voting rights for a very long time. Uh, you know, when they talk about things like voter ID laws, uh, you know, I don't know. Give me a yes or no. Let's just check. Let's just test it. How many of y'all have ID? Give me a yes. How many of y'all feel like, you You know, if you got to go get your check, you got to go pick up your social security, you got to go and do anything. How many of y'all can pull up an ID if you need to go get an ID, right? How many of you, you know, and uh, in fact, now they're trying to say you need the jab cards, right? Now you don't just need ID to get in some places. Now you need a little card with, with the jab. So I, I I just really don't, honestly, I will admit, I'm not trying to attack anybody else's approach uh, per se, but I will say it is confusing to me when we uh, argue that, you know, people can't vote because they can't get IDs because uh, you need ID for a lot of stuff, right? And so it's, it's not quite computing with me. Uh, I'm going to just be honest with you. Now, with that said, though, here's where I wanted to kind of uh, address this issue. Um, one of the things that um, that's interesting to me is that when you're talking about what it means to have equality, we always talk about equality, 
or even black power, which is beyond equality. Power, power means, but equality means you tied the game. Power means you won the game. Equality means that the score ended 20 to 20. Power means the score ended 42 to 14, right? So uh, I tend to lean toward power, right? Uh, I, I like power. If you if you agree with me, if you like power, say power, black power in the chat, type of black power in the chat. I believe in black power. Um, I believe in black excellence. I believe in the greatness of black people. I want black people to win. Uh, I don't want us to tie. I definitely don't want us to lose. And some and, and here's the thing. Some of us are winning. Some of us are losing. Uh, er, you know, you can't sit here and say every black person is losing because some of y'all in here are winning. Intelligent black people are winning, I believe. I believe that intelligent black people, those who've risen above the constraints, the psychological constraints that exist in our society to keep black people ignorant, are winning. Seriously, if you're winning, if you really feel like you're winning, like if you're doing better, and what I mean by winning, like maybe you're doing better than most of the white people you know. Economically, you're happier and healthier. Uh, you, your family is, is is solid. Like if you're winning, type winning in the chat. Like I want to see all the winners. How many of you are winning uh, in, in, this, in this race? All right, now why is that important? Well, because everybody doesn't have the same faith. Being black doesn't always mean that you're poor. Being black doesn't always mean you're in jail. Being black doesn't always mean you want to be a rapper. Being re- black doesn't always mean you know how to dance and play basketball. Being black doesn't always mean you smoke weed every day. Being, being black doesn't mean any of these things that we've come to define as being stereotypically black. Um, I can t- give you an example. This morning, I had a great conversation with two young black men named uh, Brother Farrakhan and also a guy named Brother Ben X. We talked this morning about Hereafter Farms, which is a great project that they're doing out in Georgia. And I'm going to be an investor in Hereafter Farms. And, uh, and and these guys are not losers. These guys are not sitting around, you know, fighting with eight babies mamas. They're not uh, trying to go to the club and get, get high on Molly and, and get drunk every night. They're not complaining about how hard it is to be black. They're not walking around, you know, unable to spell their mama's name. They're not uh, putting themselves in bad situations. They're making good choices. So, so let's, let's kind of make sure we understand that when people say that this is what it means to be black, that you understand that there is no one way to be black. There's a lot of outcomes that are, exist for our community, and it all comes down to choices. Everybody type the word choices in the chat. Choices matter. Type the word choices in the chat. I want to make you conscious of this, that, that, that it's your choices that really determine what it means for you to be black. Okay, so so uh, so here's, here's the point. All right, so hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Share, subscribe. <clears throat> also, tonight, the Dr. Boyce Book Club is going to meet. We normally meet uh, Wednesday nights uh, at 8.30 uh, this week we're doing Thursday, just this week alone, <clears throat> because I had to travel from Atlanta. I was in Atlanta uh, down at the Black House and stuff like that, having some meetings, but now I'm back home. So tonight at 8.30, we're doing the book club. Go to boyswalkins.com, look for the book club. You can join for free uh, if you'd like to join us. We're reading Black Labor, White Wealth by Dr. Claude Anderson. So if you want some real black history and you want me to break it down for you, feel free to join us uh, tonight. Uh, totally free to the public. All right. So, well, you're not the public. Totally free to family. How about that? Y'all are family. You're not the, the public. That sounds so generic. All right. So, so, uh, so here's the thing. We always talk about equality. We always talk about, uh, you know, what it, what it means to make progress. And so Joe Madison, uh, God bless his soul. He believes that going on a hunger strike for more voting rights uh, is going to get black people exactly what we need. Right. I don't, I don't get it because we've had the voting rights for a while. 
Uh, and also, uh, every time I vote, it seems to me, or every time we vote for a Democrat, it seems to me that we put people in power who ignore the community. Uh, voting rights uh, don't seem to help black people. They seem to help Joe Biden. Uh, they don't seem to help our community. They seem to help the Democrats. The Democrats get to take power and then they get to do exactly what they're doing right now, which is pretty much ignoring all the problems in your community. A thousand, uh, black, a thousand people have been murdered in Chicago this year, many of them black, and I haven't heard any Democrats holding hunger strikes or protest marches or rallies or congressional hearings to figure out how all these black people died. Now, let, let, let about 20 white people get killed and watch how many hearings they have and watch how that gets covered in national media. That'll be the headline on CNN every single day. But you get a thousand people get killed, mostly black. It's like our oh, business as usual. Black people die all the time. So who cares? Right. So that's what you're dealing with. That's what I see. Maybe you see something different. I respect that. But this is what I see and this is what I believe and this is what I'm sticking with. So here's what I will argue right now. And this is some this is part of the point I want to make in this book that I have coming out. It's called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It'll be released in March. Is this uh, the things that do not generate black power? Um, begging does not generate black power or equality, uh, because every time you beg a white man to give you anything, uh, you are pretty much admitting to him and to yourself that he is more powerful than you. Uh, to, so check it out. A person who with power does not beg the person with less power uh, to give them something that they need in order to survive. That just doesn't work that way. Right. So and we know begging just doesn't work. Asking white people to do things like massive, please, can you help me? Can you give us equality or whatever? Or can you give me, uh, you know, uh, opportunities, whatever, that just doesn't work, right? That That is a white supremacist ideology to even believe that you need white people in order for you uh, to compete or to be equal. It does not mean white people do not owe you, right? We, we spent, we've literally spent probably about 60 hours of, of analysis and we're on page 167. I've done 25 lectures on, uh, in, in, on the book, Black Labor, White Wealth, which you can get at powernomics.com. That's Dr. Anderson's site. I explaining to you, how much money white people owe you? Oh, they owe you a lot. They owe you They owe you everything. So if you're white and you in the chat, I'd like to just ask you like a bill collector, when can I expect payment? I just want to know, when can I expect payment? Because y'all, they owe you a lot. But here's the deal. Uh, just because they owe you doesn't mean they're going to repay you. It, or it definitely doesn't mean they're going to repay you anytime soon. So therefore, that means that until they repay you, until they own up to what they've done in this in this whole tragedy called uh, called called Black history and Black American history, um, then you're going to have to find a solution that works for you. Okay, so uh, so begging doesn't typically work because begging to some extent can make you a white supremacist, particularly if you are under the false belief that I need a white man's help in order for me to be a man. Right? If I'm a black man, if I'm a man, and I say to my wife, "Well, I can't really be a man unless this other man lets me be a man." Well, that's not really me. That's him, me saying he's the man. I, I'm the little boy. He's the alpha. I'm the beta. He's the leader. I'm the follower. Right? He, he's the he's the all star. I'm the scrub. Now, uh, ladies, l- let me ask you all a question. Answer me in the chat. Uh, do you do you like would you like to be married to a scrub? How many of you would like to go have a baby with a scrub right now? How many of y'all would like to go and and and, and bring a scrub home to your parents and say, this is going to be the, the father of my children? Yeah. Anybody anybody want to be with a scrub? Any any ladies volunteer want any, any scrubs or are we in the no scrub zone? Because I tell my daughters, don't be bringing no scrubs up in here. I don't want don't be bringing no whining, complaining, 
uh, men up in here. Bring bring me strong men. I need quality men. I need men that are at least doing the best they can with what they got. I don't want to hear you tell me that the reason that you made a string of really terrible decisions is because the white man won't let you make good choices. Right? Seriously, I I, I just don't have patience for that. Maybe I, maybe I sound like a jerk, but that's just what I believe. Okay, so so here's the deal. So so things that will not give you equality are one begging. Begging doesn't work. Two, praying. Praying is nice, makes you feel good. It's great. Go go to church. Go to church every Sunday. It's going to lift your spirit. It's going to make you feel good about the world. But uh, but at the same time, Jesus is sitting back saying, okay, now what you going to do? Now you're like, God is saying, okay, you have free will. I gave you this thing called free will. What are you going to do with your free will to go out and, and help yourself achieve some of your goals, right? So praying isn't really going to do it. It just makes you feel better, to be honest with you. And maybe it saves your soul when you go to heaven. The other thing that does not bring black power and equality, this is a proven fact. This is not me being a jerk. This is true. Voting. Voting doesn't do it. I'm not saying voting's bad. Vote if you want to. Go go vote, please. Everybody that believes in voting for the Democrats or Republicans or whatever party you believe in, Go vote. Vote every time. Vote twice if you can. Vote once for me if you want. It's totally okay. But there is no study you can provide to me anywhere that says that voting, all the voting that we've done, we vote extra. We have the first ones to vote. There's no study that shows that voting has been linked to the progress of black people as a collective. Just nothing. Nothing. I mean, seriously, no, wealth is going down. Black, the wealth gap is growing. Y'all, y'all do know that, right? That they, At least in terms of wealth. And then you look at health. Uh, you know, black people still dying more than ever, right? Thousand people got killed in Chicago. That hasn't happened in almost 30 years, by the way. A thousand people haven't been killed in Chicago in one year in, since 1994, since the gangster era, back when NWA first came out. We straight out of Compton and all this other stuff. Like, like literally, that's how Tupac was alive the last time that they had a thousand murders in Chicago. So it's not, you know, keeping you safer. It's not, uh, you know, because we vote for the Democrats every time in Chicago and it's not making a difference, right? Uh, it isn't letting our kids get more educated. We have about a, a, a couple hundred thousand black kids that graduate every year who can't even read at grade level, right? Which which make, should, in my view, lead you to question why you would send your children to an inferior uh, educational system to get them their education. But then again, because you are, the reason you do it is because you are a white supremacist. You believe that somehow they can do it better than you, right? Even though your ancestors used to educate their children, uh, they, they, they educated your great grandparents uh, with a building and a book and a whole lot of love. All they needed was a building, a couple books and a whole lot of love. And they gave the kids a better education than you get at some of these schools that cost money. Right. And, and it wasn't no student loans attached. They didn't come out of school with with two hundred thousand in student loans to the point where they become a, a corporate sharecropper, a corporate sharecropper where you got so much debt that you never work yourself out of debt. But you have to work for the corporate plantation for the rest of your life. See, that's a hustle. That's a trap. That's something that pulls you in. It's something that drains black wealth and keeps us unequal. OK, so things that will not get you uh, equality or black power are begging, praying, voting. Hunger strikes. Ask Joe Madison. He's he's going to starve himself to death. I hope he loses a lot of weight. But after he gets done losing all that weight, black people won't be any better off. No disrespect, but it's true. Uh, excuse me. Working for white people. Working for white people doesn't make you rich. It makes white people rich. Uh, working for white people doesn't build your community. It builds their community. Working for white people. And it's not this is not anti-white. 
This is just pro-black. This is pro-black. Pro-black is not the same as anti-white. If I'm pro-me, that don't mean I'm anti-you. That just means I love the shit out of myself, right? So being pro-me does not mean I'm anti-you. So white people that are listening, stop getting scared. Come back into the chat. I need y'all to hear this, or or maybe I don't need you to hear it, but but it's okay. You can be here. I'm not going to spend time hating you. I'm going to spend time loving myself. So, 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 so don't think this is hate. This is just true. Working for white people has been something that has occurred for the last 400 years, and it has not moved black people forward one inch. Black people have not moved forward uh, working for white people. Uh, also, uh, getting even even things like getting uh, lots and lots of formal educational degrees, uh, that's controversial, right? For some people, it has led to an improved, uh, improvement in your life. I'm one of those people. I have a PhD. My PhD did benefit me. It did benefit me tremendously. Don't get me wrong. I, I have a very strong knowledge of finance because I got my doctorate and I'm, I'm happy to have it. But if I could do it over again, I, I put this on a stack of Bibles. If I could do it over again, um, I would not have gotten my PhD. My brother asked me, my brother said, I want to go get a PhD like you. What do you think? I said, I, I wouldn't do it. I said, there's other ways. The only reason I did it that way was because I did not know other ways to get ahead. I did not know other ways to build wealth. If I'd known then what I know now, you know what I would have done? I would have spent my time learning how to run a business at the age of 17 or 18. Once you figure out how to run a business and figure out the basics of making money, then you are able to do whatever you want in this life. If you know how to sell, if you know how to develop systems, if you know how to do, get, if you know how to buy low, sell high, get a product and flip it and sell it to somebody else that, that, that needs it, then boom, you are able to get all the money that you need. So uh, ultimately, uh, more degrees. Uh, for some black folks, it does lead to a a, the, the perception of a come up, right? Uh, because you are making more money than you would with no education and no skill. But what's really lacking is the fact that you're learning how to go manage someone else's business. You're not learning how to build your own. That's where the frustrated black middle class comes from. That's why you have about a million black people who have all the degrees, the BAs, the BSs, MBAs, PhDs, JDs, MDs, all these letters behind their name that make them feel like they're better than other people who are still pissed off every single day when they go home because they first thing they say, if you get them, if you ever want to hear, hear a three hour conversation, here's what you do. Here's what you do. You ready? If you ever want to have a three hour conversation, go get a bunch of educated black professionals and get, get everybody a glass of wine or whatever they drinking. And then say something like, let me tell you how these white folks are treating me on my job. And that conversation will last all night because all of them will have a million stories about a thousand microaggressions that they experience on a daily basis that are eating away at their souls. Give me a yes in the chat if you want to be honest and tell me that maybe you feel like you're one of those people. If you felt like you've been in that position before, give me a yes in the chat if you've ever seen it or you've ever felt it yourself. I'm going to raise both hands because I've been in that position too, where I did not understand. I did everything right. I went to school. I made straight A's. I was the number one finance student in college. I was the top black student. My GPA, my GPA was so much better than, than the other black students that when we graduated, there was no competition as to who was number. I was literally the Michael Jordan of academic of black academics on my campus when I was in college. I did everything right and still could not understand why I still felt powerless once I went out and got a job working for other people, why I didn't get the opportunities that I deserved. Well, in hindsight, what I would love to go back and tell that young Boyce Watkins is, look, man, you know, the key idea here is simple. You don't want to think about how you can go get an opportunity. You need to learn how to create opportunities. 
people who know how to create businesses, who know how to make investments, who know who become the owners of assets are the economic gods of our economy. That those are the people that become the one percent. Those are the people who create opportunities for other people and starting with themselves. They can create opportunities for themselves. They can create opportunities for their children. They can create opportunities for other people. They can, they, they, they literally have the power of an economic God. So this economy is run by the economic gods, but nobody trains you how to be a God because they don't want you, everybody trying to do that. They want, they, they need their workers. They need their little worker bees. They need their soldiers. That's why they shuffle you through the system and tell you that every election, they say, we need to get more jobs for black people. We go go to hunger strike so we can get more jobs and more voting rights for black people. That's like me celebrating my wife's birthday by buying her a new vacuum cleaner, saying, baby, I love you so much. I got a new vacuum cleaner. I got some new cleaning utensils. I got you a new microwave. Baby, I love you. And she's like, but I don't want it. I don't want more housework. Well, the baby, I, I love you so much. I got you some new uh, Windex so you can wash my windows better. And, and I got you a, a toe massager so you can massage my toes. And feel Seriously, they, they're giving you more work. They make you feel better because, again, again, if you read books like Black Labor, White, well, see, Dr. Claude Anderson put it in black and white for you. You were trained on a very deep and subconscious level to believe that your sole purpose and for in reason for existing is to serve your master. That's what you've been taught to do. That's what you've been trained to do. You've been trained to be be proper hoes. Like that's it, proper eco- economic hoes. That's the best way I can put it. Y'all know me. I got to put it plain. You were trained to be economic hoes, no differently from the way they trained the geisha girls in Japan to serve men. They trained them from the time they're little girls to make a man feel good. You, you rub his balls like this. You gotta, you know, you, if he, you iron his clothes, you you massage his back, you tell him that he's wonderful, right? You're, you're trained to believe that that's your sole purpose in life, no different from uh, that lady in uh, um, in uh, Coming to America. Remember that lady in Coming to America, that beautiful black woman that came along and she was... Uh, uh, Prince Hakeem's bride to be. She's your queen to be. Remember that, right? So she's coming down. She's beautiful, right? Beautiful lady. I'm just so pretty, like nice body and just woo. And she just walks up and she's like, she, he's like, so what do you like? And she said, whatever you like. He said, so what do you like to do? She said, whatever you like to do, right? And and why do you why do you think she thinks thought that way? Well, because that's how she'd been raised since birth. So he says, okay, I want you to bark like a dog. And she's like, woof. Wait, no, she says, arf, arf, arf. He says, a big dog. Woof, woof, woof. And then he says, hop on one leg. And she's like, woof, 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 woof. And then she, he walks out of the room and she's still hopping on one leg and barking like a big dog because she's been trained to do that. So we got a whole lot of black people, millions of people, who in sync are barking like a dog and hopping on one leg. A lot of y'all Negroes out here doing exactly what that lady did in that movie. Woof, 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 right? And, and whenever the white man issues a new order, a new command from CNN or MSNBC, or the Democratic Party issues a new command, you change the tune. You do what you're told. You follow whatever the process. I need, I need y'all to, I need everybody to go and do this thing that, I'm not even going to explain to you why you need to do it, but you're going to do it because I said you need to do it, right? And it might be related to this big issue that y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm not even going to bring it up today because we're, 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 I'm not judging you based on your choice. I just want your choice to be your choice, right? And a lot of people are making the choice and defending the choice 
without even having the tools to properly defend the choice that you made. I don't have a problem with the fact that you made a different choice from me. I have a problem with the fact that you can't even explain to me why you made that choice. You up here barking like a dog, woof, 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 and then getting mad at the people who are not barking like you, and you're like, why are you mad at me for not barking? Well, because that's what we were told to do. That's all you have. That is all you have. Well, why? Well, because you're a white supremacist. You have pretty much, it's no different from the kids who say, we all should do it. We all got to do this. Well, why? Well, because mama said we got to do it or because daddy told us to. So, so the, to some extent, the reason that you have a hard time even conceptualizing what equality looks like or what power looks like is because you really see these folks as like your parents. Like they guide you. They tell you what to eat. They tell you where to send your kids mm-hmm. to go to school. They tell you what to put in your body. They tell you how to make your money. They tell you what success looks like. And and some of us who don't know ourselves because you don't have that knowledge yourself don't understand these things. That's why black history is so important. If you understand black history, I went down to Atlanta this week and I watched a great movie by uh, Taki Grant that everybody should see. And the movie is called Hoppy, H-A-P-I, H-A-P-I, Hoppy. And uh, and I was there because my wife was on, on, a, on one of the panels. Uh, my brother uh, Red Pill was there. I think it was Red Pill. I hope I didn't get it wrong. Uh, but I love them. I love Red Pill and Blue Pill. But sometimes I, I ain't going to lie. Sometimes I get it backwards. But I like those brothers. They're smart brothers. And a lot of other great people. And um, in this film, they were talking about all the amazing things we did 20, 30,000 years ago in ancient Kemet and Kush and these great kingdoms we had and how smart we were and how extraordinary Black people are. And it was like, wow. Like, like if you really know that that's where you come from, then people can't just sort of wiggle you around in every other direction. This is one of the reasons why you really should stop anybody that you see making fun of the so-called conscious black community. Anybody you see, you ain't got to agree with everything. I'm not telling you to agree. But anytime you see somebody making fun of uh, the nation of Islam, just kind of check them a little bit like, yo, wait, hold up. At least they know who they are. Or anytime you see somebody making fun of those who are Afrocentric, right? Uh, who are part of the diaspora, right? We know, we know, we got we got clowns in every every category. We know this, right? But just stop and say, oh wait a minute, wait a minute. At least they're trying to find out who they really are, right? Uh, don't let anybody make fun of the Hebrew Israelites, because I'm gonna tell you, if you're looking to go build a nation, the Hebrew Israelites are the first ones to sign up and show up and deliver on everything that they they committed to doing. Why? Well, because they know who they are. They're not trying to be white people in black skin. They know they know that, that, that they have a divine purpose and, and capability that allows them to get off of the mainstream so they can build a better stream. OK, so so I'm not telling you to go out and become, you know, you, oh, start wearing a dashiki and and you know, carry the black fist everywhere you go and have an onk around your neck. I'm not telling you to do any of that. Y'all don't see me do that type of stuff because some of that stuff isn't me. Right. But you got to respect anybody in the community who is looking for a solution that goes beyond what is fed to you on TV. OK, that's extremely important that we that we understand as black people. 
Now, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up if you haven't done it yet. Also, tonight we're meeting for the book club. As I mentioned to you guys, I mentioned this over and over. I repeat myself so that everybody can get the message. We're reading Black Labor, White Wealth by Dr. Claude Anderson. I'm analyzing this book for you. Some of you were asking if Dr. Anderson could do an audio book. He's tired. He's almost 87. That's a lot of work to ask for an 87-year-old man. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going through this book piece by piece and breaking it down for you. And once we're done, we're going to go to some of his other books. We're going to go to the Black History Reader so you can learn your history. We're going to go to Dirty Little Secrets, uh, part one and two. We're going to do the Black uh, uh, Poweronomics after that. So we're going to, so this is going to take probably two, three years. This is probably a three, four year project. Okay. So uh, feel free to join us. Go to voicewalkins.com. Look for the book club. It's right there. Also, the Black Crypto Club meets tonight. So if you are interested in crypto, we, we have um, higher crypto experts in the Black community that uh, are in the Black Business School with us. Of Teddy Ewing, Dot Montgomery, Jamar Montgomery, and people like that, and uh, and basically uh, Jamar. Wait, no. So Jamar Montgomery is Dot Montgomery. Jamar James, I think that's the brother's name. Anyway, uh, feel free to come to uh, uh, the Black Crypto Club meeting tonight as well. All that's on BoyceWalkins.com. All right. So here's what. Um, here's a, here's a couple of things I want to make uh, uh, as my final points here. Okay. So uh, we talked about the things that don't generate equality, the things that will never create power for Black people. Begging, praying, voting, hunger strikes, more jobs, and a lot of these fancy degrees that don't come with the ability to actually create the industries that you work in. Uh, you have to cr- be able to create the opportunities to be able to receive the opportunities. If you never learn how to create an opportunity, then you'll always be forced to go across town to beg that other man to give you an opportunity. And by the way, if you're on Instagram, the link's in the bio. Just hit the link in the bio and you can actually, uh, that's my web, you can get to my website that way too. Sorry about that. I forgot to show you guys that. So ultimately, um, you know, the inability to create his own opportunity makes it hard for a black man to be a man, right? If I'm a man and I say I need opportunities and I go to church and I pray to Jesus and say, God, please give me more opportunities. And, and then a white man comes along and says, oh, boy, I like you, son. You're a smart young man. I'm going to give you an opportunity. Well, to some extent, I've made that man into my God, right? So the most important thing you can do to keep your children from having to worship uh, white supremacy is to teach them how to create their own opportunities so they don't see other communities as their God. You know, because then what happens is they get invited across town to build businesses for white people and they never build businesses for their own community. This creates a massive brain drain, a tremendous wealth loss for the community, because all your smartest, best and brightest people that could be building empires in the black community are not doing that because a they never learned how to do it because uh, you don't learn that going by going to the University of Michigan and getting a degree in in communications and then two uh, they're they're not even putting in the labor in their own community they're not even making they're, 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 maybe they're making a donation maybe they're going to the hood to go to church maybe they're going and supporting the local boys club but they're not actually engaged in the significant investment of that kind of infrastructure that will allow the community to build uh, now moving on. Here are the things that can generate black power. These are the things that will generate equality. These are the things that will generate respect. Um, Ownership, owning assets, uh, training your children to be absolutely obsessed with the ownership of assets, saving your money. Uh, Any any rapper out here promoting the mass tricking off of his money uh, by talking about how much how much jewelry he bought, uh, European cars he bought, going to a strip club, making it rain. 
those are suckers. Those are people that are uh, what those are to some extent white supremacists because what they're doing is you if you if you tr- if you tricked off a million dollars last year because you're just making the rain in the jewelry store that million dollars could have been grown into ten million dollars in black wealth by the next generation so you literally just threw away freedom that your children were going to have that would have have allowed them to have a better life so they would have allowed them to stand toe to toe with a white man and not be afraid because the number one way that black people are controlled is through economics economics is a form of power. Money is power. That power is used to oppress people around the world, starting with you. You are in that man's backyard, so he's going to oppress you first because he needs you in order to make the American economic engine go. So effectively, when you are throwing away all your money like that and marketing the excessive gluttonous financial irresponsibility to your community, you are as worse than the, 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 the damn KKK. It's just as bad as if a Klansman came up into a black farm, uh, you know, and, and and killed the owner and took the land. Right? That's literally what you're doing. So ultimately, uh, ownership uh, gives you power. Saving gives you power. Keeping your money as opposed to giving it away. Uh, investing gives you power because it lets your money grow. Cooperation, coming together, working together finding common ground with each other so that you can work together, uh, building healthy relationships. That's why I talk about relationships a lot. If you can build and maintain and nurture and seek out healthy relationships, you're going to be more successful because good people want to be around good people. Leaders want to be around leaders. Winners want to be around winners. When you're good energy likes to attract good energy. So if you're bringing good energy and looking for good energy and connecting with those who have good energy, then you can build together because good energy is like fertile soil. Good things grow out of fertile soil. Nothing grows out of dead soil. So that toxicity that they promote to you is incredibly harmful to you. It probably, you know, just what hip hop music, the, the, the toxic music has done to the community has probably cost black people a couple trillion dollars in wealth. If you look at all the death uh, that, that's being promoted, uh, when a man dies, he can't provide for his family. His dreams die with him. His children's spirits die with him. That family tends to die with him. So effectively, all these things that are keys to building wealth, all these things that are tools for prosperity family and power and connection and community and working together, all those things die when your young people are being killed and left uneducated and being hooked on drugs. So when they're mass promoting death to your community, particularly through the music, because the music tastes good, right? You, 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 a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. I don't know if you ever heard that. Mary Poppins used to sing that in a song. So they give you a spoonful of sugar and it makes the poison go down a little bit better. So because it's coming with a dope beat and you're like, yo, that's lit, right? And you're feeling good about the music or whatever, but he's literally rapping about murdering black people. They pretty much given you uh, Klansmen in a jar. Like they've given you white supremacy, like in a, in a really interesting format that allows you to say, this can't be white supremacy because it tastes too good. No, it's white supremacy. The devil don't show up dressed as the devil. The devil shows up dressed as your best friend. The devil doesn't show up dressed as something evil. The devil shows up as something that looks really good, right? Because the devil has studied who you are and what you like, and they're going to show up with a with a big butt and a smile or a, a, to a dope beat, and they're going to deliver the evil and the poison and the negativity and the death and the toxicity in a way where you're going to say, man, there's no way that could have been toxic. But Belle Bib DeVoe told you that a long time ago. Remember that song? Bad girl is poison, right? Right, because a lot of men get caught up in that, right? So ultimately what's going to happen is uh, that all these things that are draining your wealth, all these things that are destroying you as a people, are the things that you love the most.
right? Because white supremacy can't work if they come along and say, hey, all, our goal is to destroy black people. So we want to let you know that in advance. They don't do that, right? They come in in insidious forms. That's how COINTELPRO and all this stuff has always worked. So uh, moving on. The things that build power, ownership, saving, investing, cooperation, working together, buying black, supporting black owned businesses that's connected to forming healthy relationships. If I love you, I'm going to help you eat. If I love you, then I'm going to find out about your business and I'm going to make it rain on your business. If I love you, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm not just going to say that I support you. I'm going to show you I support you. Love is a verb. Love is an action. Economic love means, hey, cuz you got a business. How can I help? Can I donate some time? Can I connect you to some resources? Can I give you some game that'll help you make your business better? What can I do to help your business flourish? What can I do to help you succeed? Uh, buying black, incredibly important. If we could simply redirect about 10% of the money that we give away to white people every year, black wealth would increase by at least a trillion dollars in one generation, just 10%. 10% of a 1.4 trillion is about $140 billion. $140 billion, with $140 billion, you could probably buy the entire NFL for $140 billion. Like every single team, I don't even know, I haven't added up the value of all the NFL teams, but literally you could buy dozens of NFL teams with just 10% of the money that you give away to white people every year. So don't you dare let anybody ever tell you black people ain't got no money. That is just simply not true. What they're really saying is that relative to white people, black people have less money than white people, but the white man is the richest man on the planet. But American per capita wealth is six times higher than China, five times higher, something, something crazy like that. Right. So, so it's at the end of the day, you're being compared you know, to something pretty massive. Right. So so anybody that makes you think black people are all poor, they're just wrong. The data says that they're wrong. In fact, let me just lay out some details for you to help you understand this. I've, re- I've done this before, but I just like to repeat it so everybody can understand it, because sometimes people don't need to understand something. They need to overstand it. So I'm going to repeat it. So you'll over uh, overstand this. Black people spend about one point four trillion dollars a year. Did you know that um, that 1.4 trillion per year that we give away, that is greater than the GDP of Mexico, Indonesia, the Netherlands, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, Switzerland, Poland, Taiwan, Sweden, Belgium, Thailand, Argentina, Nigeria, Iran, Austria, United Arab Emirates, Norway, Ireland, Israel, Hong Kong, Malaysia. Singapore, Philippines, South Africa, Denmark, Colombia, Bangladesh, Egypt, Chile, Finland, Vietnam, Romania, Czech Republic, Portugal, Iraq, Peru, Greece, New Zealand, Qatar, Algeria, Hungary, Kazakhstan, Ukraine, Kuwait, Morocco, Slovakia, and Kenya. I could keep going if you want me to. You want me to keep going? Here you go. Let's keep going. Ecuador, Puerto Rico, Ethiopia, Angola, Dominican Republic, Sri Lanka, Guatemala, Oman, Panama, Luxembourg, Ghana, Bulgaria, Myanmar, Venezuela, Tanzania. I could literally keep doing this for like probably another 10 or 15 minutes before I get done with this list. So so here's what's funny to me. Here's what's just so hilarious to me. I see all these multimillionaire black people on TV, you know, uh, athletes, entertainers, everything else. And I hear so many people say black people are poor. Well, I just told you we're not poor because we're poor. All those countries are incredibly poor. Right. Uh, that's the that's the first thing. You have more wealth. You have more money you give away than most countries operate on. Right? That's the first thing. Second thing is uh, it's fascinating to me that there are people who still don't believe black people can own businesses or create industry without the help of white people. Even though I just read to you how our income, the money we give away, exceeds the gross domestic product of dozens and dozens and dozens of countries all around this world. 
Now you you now I'm gonna ask y'all a question. Give me a yes or no. Um, do you think that Mexico can afford to have its own sports leagues? Does does Mexico have its own sports teams? Can Mexico buy a sports team? Or no, wait, sorry, oops, I forgot. They don't just have a sports team; they have entire sports leagues. What about um? I don't know. Uh, what what about um? What about uh? What about Canada? You think Canada can afford sports teams? Or, or or Spain or or um, Indonesia and the Netherlands and Turkey and Saudi Arabia. You think the Saudi Arabians can afford to have their own leagues, or or do you, is that just out of the question for uh, one of the richest oil countries on the planet? Do, do you think can the Saudi can the Saudis afford to have sports teams? Give me a yes or no in the chat. So so what, what you la- what you lack is you don't la- you don't lack resources. <laughs> you don't you don't. It doesn't mean white people owe you. Let's be clear, they owe you big. But you don't lack resources. You lack skill and imagination and courage. That's what you like. You lack skill, imagination, and courage. Number one, you grew up being educated to serve other people. You never, uh, you were not educated to build your own, which is why I believe every black child in America should be raised to build their own, right? Um, you don't have the imagination because you can only imagine because you're a white supremacist. You can only imagine a white man owning a sports team. It, it would shock the hell out of you see, to see a black man own the Dallas Cowboys, but you're not surprised when you see Jerry Jones owning the Dallas Cowboys. Well, that makes sense to you because, because you're a white supremacist. It's seriously, it's just to be honest. And then also the courage is lacking. A lot of our celebrities in particular are too afraid to take on white supremacy. They, they really truly deep down feel that they have the better team that they, well, we can't compete and that the best opportunity we have is to get under somebody's umbrella and to suck on his nipple uh, in order to get whatever little butter biscuits and crumbs he's willing to drop off to a couple of us. So as a result, your community struggles because you don't have courageous leaders at the top of it with enough vision to implement a, a plan that will allow for black ownership across the board. So if you give me a choice between whether I want to talk to people like I spoke to this morning with Brother Ben X, uh, I talked to Jane Morrison, I talked to people like that. Uh, the reason I love to talk to them is because they know how to create things. They know how to build things. They know how to develop infrastructure. A lot of these Negroes on TV ain't worth a damn nickel. A lot of these Negroes, I get calls all the time from celebrities and people on TV. They don't know nothing except how to go get a job from a white man. The reason that you even know about them is because some white man patted them on the head and said, boy, you talented. I'm just going to put you on TV. And next thing you know, he's on TV and you think he's a black leader because he's been promoted by white supremacist media outlets. That's it. If, If you take away that support, if you take away that support that they're receiving from the white community, they're nothing. They have nothing. They can't build anything, right? And I'm not making fun of them. I'm not dogging them out. If you're in that category, I'm not dogging you out. I'm just saying that you're going to have to learn another skill. You're going to have to grow up. If you think about power, think about power like, like power coming from a wall. The power company gives you electricity that goes in a wall. A lamp is not powerful. A lamp has no power. A lamp only appears to have power because it's plugged into the wall, right? So so a lot of your celebrities, a lot of your shiniest Negroes ain't nothing, but they're no different from this lamp that's sitting on my desk. They're, they're shiny Negroes with lots of gold and jewels and diamonds, and they own TV, and they sold their book, and they got a movie deal and a record deal and all that. They're shining because they're plugged into the wall. Well, I don't want to own the lamp. I don't want to become friends with the lamp. I want to figure out how to own the damn wall and the power source that's making the lamp look shiny. So so ultimately, what you got to understand is that a lot of people don't even have power because they don't even know what power looks like. They don't even know where it comes from. They don't even know how power works. 
So a lot of your so-called leaders are just lamps that are plugged into a wall. You plug that, you take, you unplug that lamp from the wall. This shiny ass lamp I got right here. I unplug this lamp from the wall. It has no, there, there's nothing to, there, it's not shining anymore. So if you unplug a lot of your most famous celebrities from, from the wall, which, which is white power, they don't, they don't shine anymore. But there are people in your community who are going to shine regardless. And, and it's important to make sure you know the difference. It's also very important to implement this as a strategy when you talk about how you raise your kids. You want to ask your kids this basic question. If white folks get mad at you one day and they decide that you are no longer the favored Negro and they decide they're going to cut you off and starve you out, can you survive? Can you survive? Can you survive economically? Can you survive um, the reputational damage they might thrust on you in the event that you say something that they don't like? Can you even, again, black people must ask this question of ourselves. Can we even, we can't even, right now we can't even feed ourselves. I, I like what Brother Ben X is doing with Here After Farms because he's talking about us feeding ourselves. How, how many celebrities you see on TV talking about that? They're not talking about that. They're not talking about that. They're talking about how they can win another Grammy. Man, Grammys don't mean nothing. I'm talking about getting the power. You create the damn Grammy. You decide who, who gets the Grammy. I, I don't, I'm not trying to get your approval to get your stupid award that you probably made up in your sleep anyway. So learn what real power looks like. That's the first step toward obtaining that power. So if you want to know my position on things like reparations, of course we deserve reparations. Of course white people owe us. They owe us big. Again, tonight at the book club, I'm going to spend about an hour and a half explaining to you why white people owe us money. It's a book called Black Labor, White Wealth. We're going to analyze it tonight. Go to boycewalkins.com or click the link in the bio if you're on Instagram. You can join the book club for free. We're going to meet tonight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Today we're doing it on Thursday. Every other week we do it on Wednesday. It's normally Wednesday. Tonight it's going to be Thursday, so feel free to join us. Um, but in general, we don't need any of that for us to have power, right? And, and, and also, especially for you men, if you really want the world to see you as an equal to anybody, you cannot, as men, spend your life believing that your success or your ability to be a man is controlled by another man. Another man should never have the right to decide if you get to be a man or not. That's extremely important. And we must let go of that mindset right now, forever. All right. So I'm going to get out of here, guys. Hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Also, feel free to go to boycewalkins.com if you want to join the Black Crypto Club meeting tonight. The Crypto Club is meeting tonight. And uh, also, if you want a Black Wealth calendar for 2022, we have calendars that have wealth principles that you can put on your refrigerator for your kids all throughout the year or for yourself. Uh, so feel free to go to boycewalkins.com. That's all there. All right, guys, hit that thumbs up button. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, we're trying to build our own media. We're trying to own uh, own own a lot. So uh, I hope that you guys will help us in the quest um, to uh, control our message. And uh, that's it. So I love you. I appreciate you listening to me. And again, that book, the book is going to be called uh, the, the Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. I'm going to release it in March of 2022. And I appreciate those of you who've been asking about it. I'll Every now and then I'll pop in and, and give you an update in terms of how it's going. All right. So take care. Love you guys. I'll see you soon. Talk to you later. Peace.